0: Hey, hey, what's up? We're doing a special episode tonight. Um, I am not in the typical studio tonight, so if we run into any issues, I'm sorry ahead of time. But yeah, so I'll go ahead and bring on my uh, special guest, uh, and he's very special, um, Kareem.
1: Uh, yeah, thanks for the introduction. I'm very special. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to be appropriate here slightly
0: slightly yeah some some slot
1: yeah i I don't think I can really succeed at that but we'll see how it goes
0: Well, how you doing today bud
1: I'm actually doing pretty good um I think we've had some relatively like good victories plus you know Friday it's sunny out so can't complain too much until inflation hits in then I can get in, <laughs> then I'll complain yeah how are you doing
0: uh you know just uh (laughs) trying to make it through everything all the all the crap we got going on you know how that goes yeah i know but so so there was some big news that you wanted to talk about and i'll let you go ahead and introduce that topic
1: so I wanted to talk about some news that that people do know. They've seen this, obviously. I was just doing a live about this. But I'm going to twist it from a different perspective that nobody talks about. So, first one, I think we can start with is Fauci, since it's fresh in everyone's minds. Their big question is this. Okay. Or my big question, my kind of inclination is this. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, Rand Paul did a great job revealing his emails and people are saying you should go to jail. He should get fired. Maybe he'll resign. And I'm fine with either three of those. Here's my here's my big problem, though. People are like celebrating like, woo, And I'm saying, hey, the government's a huge institution. There's no saying that, you know, the Biden administration or whatever administration comes after them knows what it is won't just bring in another doctor like that because to me it's not necessarily that these bad actors just kind of fall out of an apple tree and then they become bad that system if if someone said kareem you have a monopoly on the administrative you know word of doctors i probably would be making weird calls and you know different shots and like oh i think this is great and Who knows? Who knows what I'd do? You know what I mean? So someone is going to come into that role with that same power, with that same centralized power and say, Hey, I'm going to make, I'm going to call the shots. Oh, you know, this is good. This treatment's not good. Hydroxychloroquine's this or that. And, And they, and they might be actually a good person and then, or they might not, but then someone precedes them, precedes them. So my big thing is this, um, we need to decentralize medicine, get the government completely out of it, because we can see they're, they're pretty bad with it, among everything else. They can't balance a checkbook. If I couldn't balance a checkbook, you probably wouldn't care to hear my medical opinion about what you should do. Um, so they can't balance a checkbook. They can't fix crime outside of the D.C. area. So what makes people think that uh, anybody there is qualified to give advice in these central institutions. So I'm saying one of two things. Decentralize that whole system and say, hey, the federal government's completely out of it. We'll handle it to the states. Each state can maybe have their spokesperson or even I'd prefer getting it down to local, each local, whatever you want to call it, area can have their own medical professional and then they can get together on Zoom calls and figure it out. Another thing is, since I've been studying blockchain technology, there's a concept called DAOs, which stands for Decentralized Autonomous uh, Organizations, which brings the idea that bureaucracy causes so many problems like what we've seen here. And we can solve that by just having an AI or blockchain technology uh, use code in the cloud. And by doing that, we automate all these processes. So one, there's no middleman, and two, that organization can make decisions based on statistical data and different numerical factors. So that's the first thing I want to talk about. Does that all make sense?
0: Yeah, so I'm I've always been a big proponent of self-regulation in different fields. So like Congress should not be, you know, regulating medicine because they don't know anything about medicine. I mean, doctors know and care about their actual patients. So why is it that, you know, some Ninety-five-year-old senator from, you know, Maine, who's been there for eighty fucking years, uh, you know, gets to have an opinion on how doctors do medicine. Doctors should break self-regulate, um, and I think you know people will have the ability to, like, as per usual, vote with their dollars. So I mean, if if this doctor doing things poorly, they'll go somewhere else. I mean, that's how medicine was done in the United States for a hundred some years. Yeah. Um, and for some, and for some reason, we think that it has to be, you know, regulated from the top down. And it never was prior to that. We, you know, people would see crooks for what they were and just refuse to buy them. Or, um, you know, it's just like the we'll go into the blockchain thing. Um, Congress has no understanding of what technology is. Most of them, I would almost guarantee, still carry a flip phone because that's the most updated technology they understand how to operate. So why are we giving them this power to tell us how to use certain things that they don't understand themselves? Um, and um, Justin Amash was on Clubhouse here recently, and he did this big thing, and he had talked about these uh uh these briefings that they go to, and they give like they get like five minutes worth of information and are expected to vote on it in twenty minutes. So it really just yeah, I mean they have no idea what's going on. Um, and <laughs> so, yeah, just
1: yeah. Well, the, and I think that's the the inherent problem is when you have centralized power, you have people who have no idea what's going on. you want them to make a decision on something, and then when they make a decision on something, it's not only really ill informed; they're going to say, "Hey, this is how things should work." When the, it's it's like having me literally. You know, say, OK, Kareem, you and all your friends who talk about the blockchain, make decisions on how car mechanics should regulate. Well, I, I'm not terrible with cars, but I'm not an expert on them. And when you just get people who I think most of Congress are lawyers and you get all these people who have never, ever honestly heard of, you know, a smartphone or the blockchain or anything like that, I don't think they should be involved and not only technology, but medicine, let people come up with decentralized solutions, and that will solve this whole Fauci problem once and for all. And that's the problem I see. Everybody's just like, okay, cool, he's gone. Okay, that's kind of like giving me like a little bit of um, pain medication say, hey, you're good to go, right? And I'm like, no, I'm not cured. Get rid of this bureaucracy. Make it go away. And not just make it go away by saying, hey... I don't like it. Let's come up with, like, when I used to do ICOs, which stand for initial coin offerings, that's kind of how I got my start into learning all this crypto stuff. I saw that there are tons of people like, hey, we're going to build this Ethereum blockchain thing where we can literally get doctors to chat with you and you can pay it forward like this. So that's almost creating free healthcare in a way. Um, So I think everything that all these people say they want, if they really want it, or if they, you know, aside from the power aspect, if they really, really want it, it can be done through the free market and specifically the blockchain.
0: Yeah, well, the other thing too is, um, you know, Fauci's been disgustingly idolized by some people and just treated like Satan by others. Um, He's just a bureaucrat. That's all he is. He's he's a political figurehead for the the CDC within the United States government. And he's in my opinion, he's in the same boat as like most politicians. He gets maybe a five second brief and then goes and talks about it. And that's why he, he flip flops every 10 seconds. Every time he's on camera, he had a different opinion on stuff, probably because it was changing faster than they could update him. But it, I mean, it really shouldn't be this, this decision where, you know, one doctor gets to tell all the rest how to do things. Um, And that's, you know, they'll they'll scream from the mountaintop, oh, trust the science, trust the science. But yet, you know, throughout history, science has been proven wrong time and time again. And so this idea where you can't rebuke the science or, you know, have a rebuttal to what the science is currently saying just goes to show that it's not, it's never been a a science thing or a medicine thing. It's it's all politics. Exactly. yeah. So I mean, I mean, anybody with half a brain should be able to identify that it's not just pure science and, and it never has been.
1: No. And science, the scientific method is quite clear. You come up, you observe phenomena, some type of phenomena. Then you make a hypothesis. Then you come up with an independent variable and a dependent variable. Then you alter conditions based on the independent and dependent variable to see what phenomena you get and how consistent you get it then you can make a conclusion and then publish a study and then based on that study you can even take that further and see how does that work in different control groups and will that work throughout things and then it's still you know we're humans it's still not you know picture perfect and as far as i'm concerned the problem is you can buy a scientist as easy if not easier than you buy a politician it's simple you just go to them i can slap a bunch of money and say chris uh, you're not a real libertarian. So I need you to make, you know, scientific studies saying there is no such thing as a real libertarian. You're like, what about that guy, you know, saying he wants to boog with a porcupine shirt? Uh, so he's a say he's a Republican, you know, because he uh, he he liked uh, one Donald Trump post. Oh, OK, cool. Well, we did that. So that's one thing I, w- I want to make clear is, yes, because of these centralized institutions, that's another problem. You can buy a doctor. You can buy a doctor you can buy a lawyer you can buy a weapons manufacturer as we've seen with the military you can buy anything anyone any type of and you can have them say just about whatever you want and that's really that's really how it works amash was talking to michael malice and he said a lot of times if you just don't you know walk the line in congress they'll, they'll find someone else who will do it be their yes man and they'll just pay them and they'll say okay good job you put on the wwe show for everybody So we have to come up with ways to get rid of these central institutions. And I'm advocating localization, and I'm advocating decentralization, which, if I can bring that to my next point, people are celebrating right now, and I celebrated for about a day, and now I'm like, oh, boy. They're like, cream, we beat the COVID restrictions. Woo! We we done defeated government. And I'm like, dude, uh, do you see what's going on with inflation? Like, this is... you know, it's like, you know, small dragon, big dragon, like cracking planet explosion. Like you just got to a bigger dragon. So I'd love to actually hear your thoughts on what can be done with inflation. I have a lot of non-perishables ready. Um, probably going to buy some MRE stuff, going to probably get some Ethereum, more Ethereum, maybe one Bitcoin and uh, and, you know maybe another firearm and hope for the best here. And if there's time, learn how to garden, but definitely inflation is something people need to start looking at now because they printed all this money. They're paying people not to work. So there's no production. And then if, I don't know if y'all saw it, Russia has just said they got rid of like 40, 400, a lot of money, like billions of dollars. So this is something we're going to have to like take seriously and deal with. People want to just go, okay, we got rid of Fauci. We don't have to do the mask thing, uh, take vaccine. Are we good? Are we clear? I'm like, definitely not. Definitely not. We still have this central gargantuan institution, and it's still printing money. And to me, that is
0: scarier than any
1: coronavirus you can come up with.
0: So, yeah, it really does come down to is, you know, quits – Spending money at the federal level and just start burning it um, in truckloads. I mean, that's the only way you can combat inflation at this point, Um, because it's it's that's what's causing this generation of currency that has nothing to back it. So as you know, one day I shout for you.
1: Facebook, so
0: I'm going to keep this. Sorry. Oh. uh, (laughs) Um. But uh, yeah, I mean was it 30% the 40% of all US dollars in circulation were made last year um yeah. to combat inflation you'd have to destroy 30 to 40% of all US dollars in circulation that's really what it comes down to um or you know go back to the gold standard but the fed will now never allow that because they've got too much of a too much of a racket going i mean if i was daring if i could make fake money sell it to the us government and then charge them for making it and then sell it to them, um, as well as charging them an interest rate. I'd never give that up. Are you kidding me? That's like the greatest racket of all time. You should hit them up, be like
1: yelling, I got some dogecoin, it's going to the moon. My boy Elon, he's doing space travel. You want some? I'll hook you up. I got a good price, 10 cents.
0: <laughs> and he just keeps so, sending uh, your doge. So, Rich, what do you think we should do, bud? Also, I don't know there's anything we,
2: I don't I don't know if there's anything that we can do to be honest with you. Um, uh, I mean we got to stop inflating the bubble. and that's the first thing we got to do is stop inflating the bubble and then we got to let the correction happen. and I think we're better off letting the correction happen than we are overtly making the correction happen because you give the uh, you give people scapegoats when you do that. and uh, you know it's it's straight uh, Austrian business cycle theory. Um, watching we're watching it happen before our eyes. I know I was wondering the other day why lumber's going up, but other things aren't going up. I think it was Michael Heiss uh, shot me back just a, a picture out of, uh, I forget what book it was. It was something that Rothbard had written where it did explain how it's, it's capital goods that you see um, the, the price increases happen first through all this, you know, malinvestment that's going on. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'll tell you that um, I don't know how long the average person thinks they're going to be able to, hoard food and stuff that they need and defend it. But like we were talking about the other night, you're not going to last long. I mean, cause there's a lot of people that don't have it. And once they're hungry, we're talking about three days. Um, and I tell you, I mean, you can claim all day long. You can defend it. Maybe you can for a little while, but you got, you can't defend it, eat and drink and sleep. And you know, all, all the other things you're going to have to do at the same time. So I don't really know. I, I just know we got to stop the inflating. Well, let me ask you this,
1: Rich. Um, maybe just to say think- so a correction's probably gonna happen regardless. The, the the thing is, I would love to say, hey, get an Austrian economist down to DC tomorrow and say, okay, here's what we need. You need to stop doing these Keynesian things because it's gonna end up in disaster. But unfortunately, it seems like that's not the case. I mean, regardless of how bad things get, people are still like, buy literally, I was scrolling through Facebook, you see these master classes, and they have like Ben Bernanke. I'm like Oh my God. Like who, who's buying this stuff? Like, yeah, just print money. It'll work. Yeah. For a little while. But I think they still have the Keynesians still have the power or they still have the same Washington. There's a lot of senators who just say, yeah, you know, I, I don't, how are we going to pay for it? We'll just print money. And that's on Republicans and Democrats. I don't care about the, I don't care who, you know, like, Oh, we're fiscally responsible. No, you're not. Um, <laughs> I, I like to I like the saying uh, conservatism largely, not every conservative, but conservatism is progressivism driving the speed limit. Oh, we can't do a trillion. Let's do 600 billion. It's not the problem, but they're going to keep doing it. The problem is going to keep getting worse. Lumber will go up. Commodities will go up. So I don't think there's, I don't know what the correction is going to look like. I can't imagine it's going to be nice. Here's my premise, though. Here's what I think. Based on what I've seen, when Texas had that little, uh, I shouldn't say little, when they had that snow problem, I didn't see any fighting or looting that was in primarily rural areas and red areas. So I think red areas, we can get along and kind of work together, red and gold areas, where there's libertarians and people who are fairly reasonable, help their neighbor. I don't think big cities I think big cities are going to be pretty rough. That's my estimation. Um, but is there something someone can do if it's not hoarding food? Should people be, you know, starting gardens now? What's a good way to get ahead of this? We can't stop what's happening at the federal level because of centralization, like I talked about before. But what could, like, your average person at least, like, the basic things to do? There's got to be something, right? Or is there nothing?
0: So what you do is you start working within your community to build supply lines. So for example, uh, you know, somebody's gonna have to work on cars. So let's say Kareem, you end up being the, the local mechanic and you can trade your labor your labor like repairing cars for let's say your neighbors who's got a cow for some milk or some beef or something like that. Um, because, or even you can you know uh, create a decentralized currency. You know, we'll say doze because, you know, Doge to the moon. But, uh, you know, you can do these things where you within your own community can start making agreements with people to trade, you know, some form of currency or even just labor um, for other uh, supplies that you will need that are being necessary, like food and water. Um, it, it really will just and it's going and I agree with you, it's going to get if it if it corrects itself hard and completely corrects itself, it's going to be, it's going to be bad. Um, you're going to see one of two things. Either mass exodus from large cities into rural areas, destroying rural areas, or you're going to see a lot of fighting, and it's going to be people who are starving. Uh, you know, you're know, you going to see massive layoffs. You're going to see people losing their house, their car, um, everything. And, they're, and it's going to get nasty, because people are less less prone to work with people that they don't know um, when they're not used to it. Um, you know, out like where I live at, out in East Tennessee, um, a lot of people are used to just kind of bartering on stuff anyways, you know. Like, I was talking to a guy like a couple months ago about buying some hay and he said, well, I'm not in season right now to sell, but he says, you know, in a couple months when I've got some for you, he said, I'll sell it to you for this much. And I said, well, what if I trade you some ammo? he's like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's stuff like that. You, you can see you know, this kind of barter and trading system um, in certain areas. But, you know, cities won't have that luxury because their entire economy is built on importing stuff into those cities. There's not a whole lot of agriculture in New York City. Um, and you don't see many cows walking down Broadway. So uh,
1: Bloomberg said um, it's easy to plant stuff. You just put seeds in the ground and throw water. I forget exactly what he said, but it was funny.
0: Yeah, it's, it's going to get real bad before it gets real good. And I really do hate that it's going – I guarantee it's coming. Um, yeah,
1: well, I think now's the time if, like, you're – no, I'm not saying I'm Mother Teresa or nothing. I'm like, I can be a pretty weird dude sometimes I get angry. And, you know, obviously we're all self-interested. Just keeping it real, you know, the individual is the smallest minority, is Ran, uh, you know, and Rand said. That being said, I think it's at least worth some water now to tell people, hey, this is coming down the pike at least do a little bit of something heck by $10 a Bitcoin, get a little bit of food, you know, you don't get a little bit of get, you know, a few water bottles. If you get an MRE or something like these, I see things like, like for 200 bucks, they'll send you four months worth of food. So I mean, that could be good. I mean, just, just to suggest that I think that's reasonable. I think one good thing will, will come out of this as bad as this will be. Um, a lot of conservatives and, and like more neocon types and even some Trumpsters have been like, well, Kareem, I like the idea of uh, America not being a world power. But, you know, if America is not a world power, you know, something terrible happened. These guys will take over. This guy's will take over. Uh, China will take over. And I'm like, Scott Horton made a good point of antiwar.com. If you ever have a chance to check out Scott Horton. Highly recommend it. He had the book enough already in the War on Terror, and he said China can't really afford to do what we're doing. We can't afford to do what we're doing—two hundred bases in all these countries. So at least I, I, you know, you like the story I shared Iran and Saudi Arabia because you know Sleepy Joe's incompetent, which is good. They're sitting down and saying, "How can we work stuff out?" We're fighting in the region. We need to solve it, and I'm saying the same for the big thing: is Israel Palestine should be. You know, should we be Israel first or greatest ally for whatever reason, give them billion print more and give them billions of dollars? Or should should we like, you know, Hamas? And I'm saying Hamas was actually created by them, which is another story. But I want to drive the point. Why are we involved? Why are we giving money to the like both sides? Why Why is money even going there? What if we said, hey, you guys figure it out on your own. I bet you they'd sit down and say, OK, how can we do some free trade agreement? What can we do? Not saying it'd be perfect. I'm not saying the world would, you know, everybody get along. There'd be conflict, but I think when we're not the empire anymore, yeah, there's some bad things that would happen. But overall, I think people could still sit down at the table and figure it out. But maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe China attacks Taiwan and all these problems happen. But you can let me know.
0: Let me let let. Uh, I'm gonna have Rich answer this one on like what. Kind of, kind of address that, and then I'll go
2: after him. Um, I think about foreign policy, I think about two things. I think, um, well, first of all, I, I agree with Scott Horton. I don't think there's a country in the world right now, short of launching nukes, because there's some countries that have nukes that could, they could you know, obviously cause mass problems, but, but there's nobody else even close to us from, from a, a military uh, readiness standpoint. Um, that's why they bleed us dry all over the world instead, um, if it, when that's what they're doing. Um, but um, you know, I ask myself that the foreign policy, there's two questions. I, I go back and forth on which one's more important. But one is, is it moral? And the other one is, is it possible? And if it's not moral or it's not possible, or even worse if it's if it's both, if it's immoral and impossible – um, then we shouldn't do it. And it's, it's, I'm, I'm a bit of a deontological guy. I'm not a utilitarian. And that's where we get sucked into this is the old Wilsonian, um, you know, make the world safer democracy crap. I don't know if they ever actually believe that, but I mean, um, but so, I mean, that's, that's the way I see it. So, I mean, what you get thrown back at you is, well, you know, what about this country and what will happen to those people or whatever? And, And, uh, um, I, I, it sounds crass, but it's just it's not it's not our responsibility, and it, that's a rough argument to try to make. So so the one I try to make, you know, particularly you know, well, I, don't, I won't say specifically anywhere, but but clearly, interventionist foreign policy has not worked. Whether it's through you know sending money in foreign aid or sending weaponry or or sharing intelligence or um, just launching in there and doing regime change or whatever. Um, it has never worked. The closest I can think of is you know, people might throw, well, Germany, you know, we, 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 we knock Hitler off his deal, whatever, but we're not even done with that. We still got people in Germany, you know? So I don't, I can't call that a victory yet or uh, victory is a bad way to put it, but, but a success, I can't call it a success. No. So I mean, how long do you keep doing the same thing? before you start looking around and accepting that doing more of it is not the solution to the problem of whatever the problem was getting worse. Does that make sense? No, it it definitely makes sense. That's just me. So
0: let me, let me touch on the argument I make here all the time, which is there is no economy on the, on the face of this planet that can rival ours. And especially once we get government out of the way, it will just be, I mean, it'll be a rocket ship just blasting through space that's how quickly it'll explode and you know just be that powerful um and and we're you know like i said so we're the most powerful economy in the world right now and we cannot afford to keep doing these things if you really think china is going to blow out their spending to attack us or attack our allies or who we consider to be allies they don't do it what more likely what they'll do is they'll go after taiwan but you know they went out to Hong Kong. They went out to Macau. They will go out to Taiwan. And the problem is, is right now, the way they've been going out to these countries is they've been doing it piece by piece. The only difference is if they'll just take Taiwan by force and it'll be done overnight. Um, and they will eventually get Taiwan. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not pretending like it's something that's not going to happen. The problem is, is with communist regimes, as we've seen historically, is their economies are not super stable and somebody always wants to be in the position of power. So some, and you, you see a lot of the destabilization as the as the longer these communist regimes go on, um, they they don't care about coming here. They don't have the ability. If you look at their carriers and their entire military apparatus, they're not designed to come here. Um, and even if they did, how many of invasions in North America have you heard of that were super successful? There's not one. Yeah, I mean if you think about it, we're a gi- we're a giant deterrent landmass. We got oceans on both sides. Um, we've got a desert on the on the west coast, we got meth heads and hillbillies on the east coast, and then you got Texas and like Mexico to the south, and then they'll probably take Canada because Canada's soft, but um but you've got the whole northern you know section of the United States, which Every American C to C C, to C is armed. They, they we don't need this super powerful military. People are like, oh well, you need tanks and planes. No, you don't. How long we've we been fighting terrorists in the Middle East? We've been we've been at war for 20 years and we've got tanks and planes and fucking everything. But yet we're still like, oh well, we gotta find them guys. Well, apparently 20 years is uh not quite enough to do all that with guys with a who are riding goat back with an AK. Um, so, I mean, it really just, it, the argument is moot. There's Russia, we'll go into the whole Russia thing too. Russia's got no intentions on coming here. They, during the height of the Cold War, they had. We, we found out that they had no battle plan to invade the United States. They never even thought of how to do it because they just understood that it wasn't a thing that was going to happen. Um. And the United States was the only country that had plans for that. We had active uh, battle plans where we would invade Russia and take over. But Russia was like, we don't want that. We don't want that smoke. Like, they, like everybody, even the Japanese during World War II, when we were not the military power of the world, they were like, this is an insane contention. There's no reason why we should try to charge in the United States. Because if you, have our geographical presence on the world is basically hazardous terrain, there's some nice spots, hazardous terrain, some nice spots, and then hazardous terrain. If you think these you know Chinese soldiers are gonna push in from the West Coast and then make it over the mountains and then push in through uh, push in through deserts and all this stuff without a steady supply line, which they don't have, they don't have the ability to do something. Yeah, so what they take California, we'll give it to them, I'll sell it to them for pins on the acre. But um, some I mean it's, it's communist is communist in my book, but yeah uh <laughs> but no, I mean there's there's no argument to make. I mean, let's say theoretically, yeah, okay, Taiwan will fall under communist China. They're going to anyway. I don't care how much posturing and pandering happens. Honestly, North Korea and South Korea could probably put their differences aside and become one nation again, um, with us not being involved there. Yeah. Uh, Iran Saudi Arabia. they're better off without us being over there because we've created every enemy we've had since World War II, every single one of them.
1: Yeah, and I think even Israel and Palestine, so i was saying everybody was saying they can come together. and you know it'll be cool. uh, NATO is basically like all all of America a bit. and in, in my opinion, from what I've heard, you know, military personnel talked about. It. It's like one dude, you know, they'll send like two dudes from Germany and, and NATO's basically America. They're, they're paying for everything. They're bringing all the troops. I'm saying this is ridiculous. Not, and I'm not parroting the, you know, Cheeto Jesus, Donald Trump line. Oh, they should pay the bill. I'm saying, no, they should figure out what they need to do themselves. Like after we get out of NATO, you know, fine. If Angela Merkel co- calls me up and says, yo, Kareem, How's it going? I say, pretty good. Like, you and Heiss, can you and Heiss show me how to boog? I'm like, you know, get on over to my Mises event. Shout out to the Mises call. He's doing it full time. He'll show you how to boog. You know, you give him some uh, German engineering and get like some Bitcoin and some Dogecoin. Well, you know, they need to figure out how they need to secure their own countries, in my opinion. And maybe they could follow similar stuff to us, like having their own Second Amendment, That's, in my opinion, why these countries have such problems. And it's going to actually, in my opinion, this will be the good thing out of it. Yeah, there's a bad thing domestically here, especially in big cities. But I think the good thing is without an empire looming over everybody, then they can be like, okay, how do I handle issues with my neighbor? How do I handle issues with neighboring countries? What can I do? And then I think slowly but truly we'll start to see people cooperate without you know the united states empire and that's not to and people are going to ask is this the nation i'm not saying no i love the nation of america i think it's great there's a lot of opportunity there's some cool people i don't know why carrot tops part of it but i'll I'll take that and you know there's a couple weird things i don't know why amy schumer is a comic that's fine nation of america is pretty awesome you get to have you know second amendment rights free speech there's tons of places to go. There, there's a lot of diversity. It's it's amazing. And there's a lot of opportunity here to really become wealthy. And, and you can't do that in most places. But the empire of America is something I'm really against because that's causing so many problems across the world. And it will be nice to see once all this thing comes back that, hey, we can't maintain the empire. We couldn't afford it in the first place. We can't afford it. So, oh, Kareem, well... You, you know, Jojo didn't win. You couldn't pull all those bases. Guess we're going to have to stay there. No, we're not. It's going to come back in a real bad way now because they're going to say, hey, we can't afford this base, this base, this base. And then we'll start to hopefully see them disappear. We'll hopefully get to see um, Europe figure out how it can work with its neighbors, maybe even the European Union falls. And then we'll get to see how uh, Asian countries and Middle Eastern countries can interact it might be a nice day, even if I don't have the same wealth I had, to wake up and say, hey, people in the Middle East aren't getting bombed anywhere, or at least the tensions are down a little bit. People in South America don't have the cartel problem anymore. Okay, people in Europe, you know, are interacting with each other. They're not hostile to Russia for no reason, and they're figuring it out. And, and, you know, China and Japan and the Koreas are figuring it out. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to wake up to. That would be amazing. I think. So it, um, sorry, go ahead. No. And and basically what I want to say is like, that's, that's my biggest, that's a, like the, all the reasons I'm in the Mises caucus. That's the kind of world I want to see a world of sound money, a world of people collaborating and figuring out their own differences without a huge central institution. And that's why I'm giving like a shout out to Michael Heiss doing this full time. That's awesome. I think Angela is gonna be
0: an awesome chair as well. So I was just adding that. So I'll, I'm gonna pitch you this, um, in a world where we're not funding pretty much every other nation's defense and we're not boots on the ground in what is 192 countries or whatever it is right now. Yeah, some
1: ridiculous
0: we could easily fund our own national defense with you know troops only here in the u.s by selling weapons to any other country like you know japan maybe they you know they see what happens to taiwan and they're like hey y'all got some pretty dope shit uh you want to sell us some we've got some money yeah sure we'll sell you some stuff boom you know uh Jer- uh we'll say Germany. Germany is like hey you know those f-35s y'all had we want some of those how about you know sell it to them at a huge profit and we could fund our own military without having to rely on tax dollars um because everybody recognizes that the united states has the uh the uh oh hey oh there you go Asian. woo the seafood caucus yeah we'll give a shout out to the seafood caucus if you uh if you want to figure out whether uh, a body that floats up on sea is in fact seafood. Head on over there because that's where all the real, real debates are. Uh, but I, I love that argument. I, it pisses so many people off. And I just, and I just introduce it anywhere I can. Sounds good. Uh, okay, I'm back. Um, but no, so yeah, so I mean, the idea that we could fund our own defense by just selling a product and then using it to you know, reallocate the funds somewhere else. And it's, I don't know, maybe it's a crazy contention. Maybe it's not. But to me, that's, you know, that's an easy, simple way to do it. And it keeps us from being, I mean, if you look, Switzerland didn't join the, the United Nations until 2002. Um, We could easily just remove ourselves from a lot of these situations and just become like the world's arms dealers or some shit. I don't know. Well, to be fair, I think Switzerland or
1: Sweden – can't remember which one. Everybody, I don't know if it's required to have a gun, but they all have guns. So in my opinion, if your population is armed, like Switzerland, if you're armed and neutral, it's going to work out in some way or another. That's what I'm really looking forward to. A world that's armed and neutral, but is able to diplomatically arrange how they're going to talk to and work with their neighbors collaboratively. That's the kind of world I want to wake up to. Hopefully it's done through cryptocurrency and the blockchain. I'm not saying it has to be, but that would be nice. I think that time is coming. So I'm more, even though all these terrible things are happening and people are like freaking out, I'm trying to stay more optimistic than pessimistic. We'll see how that works out for me uh, and works out for everybody else. But I do see a decentralized world, decentralized future up on the horizon. It's just, hey, you know, you got to work towards it. you got to find like-minded people and keep working at it a bit every day and getting the word out there. That's why Mises Caucus is so powerful, in my opinion. And that's why, you know, you guys, what you're doing here is really, really powerful because people sometimes don't. I don't think people think like this a lot. Most people are just like, all right, get rid of COVID restrictions. We're good to go. Let's go party. Like, well, there's more to – What's going on in the world than that, unfortunately?
0: So, yeah, I was going to go ahead. Yeah, so I was getting ready to say, um, I'm starting to lose signal, my hotspot's starting to die. I'm not at home, okay. so I don't have glorious Wi Fi to latch onto. But what I was going to say is, um, I was going to give y'all opportunity to have last comments, remarks, and then to do a shameless plug on whatever you want to. Okay.
1: So I will just give a shout out. You can find me on Kareem for Liberty. That's my Facebook page. You can also find me at Kareem Mays. That's my official like you know profile page. Also, I want to give a shout out, guys. If you're interested in Ron Paul messaging, like hardcore stuff, not keeping it light, not keeping it safe, nor corporate stuff. You want the real bargaining experience? Mises Caucus is the way to go. It's not a takeover. It's showing people that hey. We're getting back to our roots. Like if I was playing country music in Tennessee and then I started doing pop country, Chris would pull me aside and say, no, play real country music, get back to your roots. At least I'd hope you would. Um, So that's the idea of Mises caucus getting back to the roots. It's time to get back to Ron Paul messaging and make this a a safe, peaceful and prosperous world. That's also armed.
0: Um, So so, Rich, I'm sorry I cut you off there a little bit earlier. You look like you had something to say. If you want to go ahead and say what you was going to say.
2: Yeah, uh, so since we're wrapping it up anyway and uh, and Kareem's already plugged the Mises caucus, so I'm going to not do that so much. But uh, um, but what I will say is, and, and some of the theme about what we've talked about tonight has been what to do with this inflation and, and handling, you know, relationships with other countries and all that kind of stuff. And I was just going to say that um, – um, what the, one of the things that the world needs right now, and Ron Paul in one of his speeches, I think he got it from somebody else. We talked about um, preaching to the remnant or speaking to the remnant, and it's not everybody's role. Everybody's got different roles in the liberty movement and in life, but somebody needs to know what right is. Somebody needs to understand economics. Somebody needs to understand the philosophy of liberty, and we need to be talking it all the time, even when we don't think people are listening. Um, if you know the story about the, the remnant, I think it's the book of Ezekiel in the Bible where this guy's out there preaching and then quits, goes out in the desert and God tells him, Hey, what are you doing? He says, what are you talking about? No one's there to listen. There's no one left. And God said, yeah, there's people listening. You get back there and do what I told you to do. So he did. That's the story. But for us, it's, there are people listening. And we don't always collect them up. They don't always join the party or whatever. But we need to have as many people as possible catch enough of the message of liberty that they know that there is a plan, if nothing else. And maybe they'll find us or somebody who sounds like us if this stuff does go down, because if it does go down, if we don't have something to replace it with and get on it quick, tyranny is what will happen. It'll be worse than it'll be Iraq when uh, we shut the government down there. You know what I mean? So that's a message. That's my message: is uh, is that hey, don't be afraid to read a book. You're 15 minutes in the bathroom every day anyway. Bring a book in there and read it. You know what I mean? All them folks tell me they can't read. Read a book. Learn a little bit about this. Learn how to communicate it. You don't got to be a monk, but it's going to be important for us to be able to communicate the message of liberty, and that's where we're going to get it from. Exactly. So that's my
1: plug. Awesome. That's well, and I'll do one just additional plug. What happened in Iraq after the government was gone was not anarchy. That was a failed state. The media. The Clinton News Network, CNN, MSNBC, even Fox News and all those places, even the right-wing guys who are anti-establishment are lying to you about what anarchy is. Anarchy just means without rulers. Look up the Greek definition. If you don't believe me, look up Michael Malice as well. He explains it very well in his new book, which is not actually partisan to free markets. But if you want a free market approach, look up Murray Rothbard or... If you don't really like that approach, you know, Google anarcho capitalism and see what it's about.
0: Well, gentlemen, I appreciate y'all coming out tonight. Um, I guess we'll do uh, an after party on Clubhouse later because that's not going to drop out on me as much. Uh, it still kicks me out quite often, even out of my own rooms, which is amazing. So uh, if you're head, if you got Clubhouse, head on over there. If you need an invite, DM me. Uh, I Still got four left of the brand new four that they gave me this morning. But uh gentlemen, I appreciate y'all and you're not real libertarian.
1: Yeah. Clubhouse is kicking you out because they read your emails.
0: Ooh <laughs> Yeah, good night y'all. Good night. See you.